And now we come back again to Christian life issues for today. In particular, we're talking about the matter of being open and honest with one another and how important that is in terms of knowing one another and in terms of building deep relationships in the family and in terms of really building one another up in Christ. Now we close the last podcast by talking about levels of communication. I said we were going to discuss that in the next section of this podcast. And so we begin with talking about levels of communication which are very important if you're going to have good family relationships and really build one another up. Much conversation occurs on the levels of cliches, such as good morning, nice to see you, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Or hello, how are you? Such communication is essential to starting communications. It's a safe means of testing the waters to see if the other person is open to deeper dialogue. At this first level, we run little risk of being ignored or rejected. However, level two communication involves reporting facts or information. And that's an important level of communication where we report facts or information. When a husband tells his wife what happened at work that day, and she tells him what she did at home, they're engaging in level two speech. On that level, the level of facts or information, a person shares little of himself. He's merely functioning at an objective level and objective reporter. Though communicating the facts is essential, relationships will remain superficial if conversation goes no deeper than this. And then another level of communication is level three, where you impart ideas, evaluations or judgments, or you invite the other person's analysis of certain facts or certain events. That takes us down to a deeper strata of communication. Convocations on level three stratum begin with such phrases as, in my opinion, I think this, or I think that. They go on to say, give me your honest evaluation of, because sharing of this sort requires personal disclosure. It promotes the development of intimate, satisfying relationships. This is level three. We're sharing opinions and ideas and judgments. Some people are often hesitant to enter into level three communication because they want to protect themselves or others from pain or because they're intimidated by disagreement of any kind. As long as they keep their opinions to themselves, no one can say, that's ridiculous. I don't see why in the world you would ever think that way. 
as long as they don't ask for someone else's evaluation of ideas, they will not receive advice that they don't want to hear. To these people, it seems much better to keep their opinions and ideas to themselves. That way, they don't run the risk of offending other people or being rejected. And then they refuse to give their opinions, and so their relationship stays at a rather superficial level. Level two, uh, backing up a bit in terms of levels of the communication is that uh, they will withhold their ideas from others. And then there's level three, which involves the kind of communication which is very lacking because they want to protect themselves or others from pain or because they're intimidated by disagreement of any kind. As long as they keep their opinions to themselves, no one can say, that's ridiculous. I don't see why in the world you would ever think that way. As long as they don't ask for someone else's evaluation, they won't receive advice that they don't want to hear. And then we move down to the fourth level of communication, which is important if you're going to have good family relationships and if you're going to have a deep kind of relationship. And level four is appropriately acknowledging and expressing your real feelings. This is the deepest dimension of truthful communication. Nowhere does the Bible tell us to deny our feelings and pretend that they don't exist. In fact, Scripture warns us against hypocrisy in reference to our true feelings. Look up Proverbs 26, verses 23 through 28, which make that very clear. Many passages clearly encourage us to acknowledge our emotions and then, if they're God-honoring, to enjoy them. Conversely, if they're not approved by God, we're instructed to recognize them and deal with them. For example, the Bible warns us against sinfully dumping our angry feelings on others. A fool gives full vent to his anger. That's Proverbs 29, verse 11, a good verse to memorize. A fool gives full vent to his anger. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger do not sin. A fool's vexation is known at once. That's Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. A fool's vexation is known at once. These admonitions can only be fulfilled if we acknowledge and appropriately express our emotions. Note carefully what they suggest we should do with our anger. A wise man holds his anger back. That's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. We're instructed to control our anger, not deny or repress it. Be angry is what Ephesians 4.26 says, 
But then it goes on to say, but in your anger do not sin. A prudent man conceals dishonor. That's Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. We're to confess our anger and express it in a constructive way, not in a dishonorable or destructive way. That means that at times we must acknowledge what we're feeling, both the positive and the negative, the pleasant and the not so pleasant to ourselves, to God, and even to each other in an appropriate way. The Bible offers many examples of godly people who did this very thing. Frequently you'll find the psalmist honestly confessing to himself or to God or perhaps even to others that he was joyful, that he was exultant. That's Psalm 16 and also Psalm 38 verse 42. On many occasions, Paul makes his feelings known. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. I encourage you to check out these references. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 4 and verse 6. Scripture makes numerous references to the emotional life of our Lord Jesus. He expressed a wide range of feelings, including compassion, sorrow, concern, and even anger. Not one to deny his thoughts or feelings. He was in this area, in all others, communicating the truth. He was the truth. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, These healthy, mature individuals such as Jesus and the Apostle Paul were in touch with their emotions and were not ashamed to admit them to God and to others. They used them not as weapons to inflict wounds on others, but constructively and they encourage us to do the same. Now at this point, some people express reservations. They say, I'm just not a thinker. If you want an intellectual, in response to somebody else who wants them to express themselves more fully, they hear, I'm just not an intellectual. You should have married someone else. I can't share my thoughts, my insights, because I really don't know what I think about many things. I use reasons such as that which are really excuses. They say, I don't share my feelings because I'm not an emotional person. And besides, even if I have feelings, I don't know what they are. So how can I share them? I'm just not a feeling-oriented person. I'm just not the mushy, sentimental type. I really don't get excited about anything. 
nor do I get depressed or anxious. I just take things as they come. It's just not my personality to be emotional. And I can't become what I'm not. Well, statements like these may be evasive or excuse-making tactics for people who keep quiet to protect themselves or to control others. One woman whose husband explained himself this way told him, I don't believe you. Don't tell me you aren't emotional. I've seen how animated you become when you're watching sports on television. I've heard you express your thoughts as you talk back to the television set. You are in touch with your thoughts and emotions when you want to be. You just don't care enough about me or the family to communicate with us. This woman's assessment of her husband's way her husband acted and didn't share apparently describes why some people don't talk about their thoughts or emotions. But there are others who sincerely struggle to identify their thoughts and feelings. Sometimes this inability is situational. It happens in certain situations, at certain times, with certain individuals. In other cases, the inability is gone. And they, at some times, the inability to express themselves is pervasive and continuous. There are people who've never been trained to think or feel properly, or they've been trained to squelch their feelings and thoughts so much that they're out of touch with their feelings, with this aspect of their personality. They simply do not have the categories or the expertise to describe what's going on inside of them. When asked what they think or feel, sometimes the most honest answer they can give is, I don't really know. While it's true that people can become more skillful in this area of expressing their feelings and their response to pressures, these folks do come up with an immediate answer that will only lead to more frustration. I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what I'm feeling. That often leads to frustration on the part of the other person. Well, those people need time to start sorting out their thoughts before they talk. Accepting without condemnation their willingness to share, no matter how little, and encouraging them when they do share their feel honest feelings, that will help them to open themselves more freely and perceptively. Those who struggle to identify and express their true inner thoughts and feelings may benefit from the following exercises. One, use a Bible concordance and do a study on the feelings and emotions of Jesus and other Bible characters. Read the Gospels and 
try to identify how Jesus was feeling and how he expressed his feelings. Two, observe how godly people identify and express their ideas and feelings. Spend some time with godly people. Talk it over with them and suggest to them that you're having a problem expressing your feelings. You just haven't done it and you don't know how to do it and ask them for their help and watch their example too. And three, to become more proficient in appropriately sharing your feelings, learn to define different emotions accurately. You can't express or, or identify what you can't label. Give yourself permission to think and feel is a fourth thing that's important. You may actually feel something and express it because God gives you permission. It's indicated in the word of God. And five, to learn how to appropriately and biblically and positively express your feelings. Recognize that denying what you're thinking and feeling is harmful while appropriately acknowledging, expressing, and dealing with your thoughts and feelings can be very helpful. And number six, monitor your thoughts and emotions. Deliberately tune in on what is going on inside you and periodically ask yourself, what am I thinking or feeling right now? Get to know yourself. And number seven, to overcome this inability to express the truth about your feelings or to handle them constructively and biblically, actually talk about your thoughts and emotions with others. Don't overdo this and spend all your time talking about your emotions and your feelings. But being willing to actually acknowledge your feeling something and do it appropriately, biblically, in control, you must be willing to run a risk. But you must be willing to deliberately make an effort. And then make improvement in this activity a matter of prayer. I think the Bible makes it clear that we are to be honest and truthful with one another. And that's a basis for good relationships. God can and does understand. So pray and talk to him about it. He made you and he wants you to use these capacities. So ask him for help. Acknowledge you need help. And then also to overcome this apparent inability to express yourself appropriately and biblically, enlist the help of others. Acknowledge you struggle with this and ask them for suggestions. Request their prayer, their patience, their instruction, and their feedback. One of the goals of family communication should be to develop the relationships to the point that we can be open and honest with each other about anything that is important to our personal growth and our relationships with each other and especially our relationship with God. Whatever contributes to this kind of growth 
must be shared. Now, having said all this, I want to make it clear that I'm not proposing that we're to share absolutely everything we think or feel with family members. You notice that I said in this discussion that whatever you do should be biblically qualified. And I use the words appropriate, proper, or constructive. Whatever is appropriate, that is biblically, proper biblically, or that which is constructive. In the earlier podcast, I've urged the elimination of some kinds of speech from our lives and from our relationships. In the next chapter, I'm going to explain some other guidelines. But the point of this chapter is that we must be open. The point of this podcast, which is based upon a chapter from my book, Your Family, God's Way, the point is that we must be open and transparent about anything that is important to our relationships and to our growth in the Lord Jesus Christ, even if it may temporarily cause some pain or tension. Certainly when the Bible teaches us that we must not let the sun go down upon our anger, as it does in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it means that we cannot ignore our feelings and pretend they don't exist. Moreover, this passage teaches us that controversial issues associated with our feelings can't be swept under the rug. Somehow these issues must be resolved. We need to resolve them between ourselves and God as we seek God's help in covering a multitude of faults, which is what 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8 says, or if overlooking them would be detrimental to the other person, to our relationship, or even to ourselves or other people, we must openly, honestly, and biblically deal with the issues troubling us. We must be open and honest and biblically deal with these issues. Otherwise, the Bible says we will be allowing the devil to wreak havoc in our relationships, including the area of our lives and our marriage and our parenting. And so we must work on developing the various levels of communication if we're going to have deep and biblical relationships.